Welcome to the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. I'm Elise Enriquez, your breakthrough coach. I am known for meeting people where they are and delivering practical insights so they can be more productive. Most people hear the word productivity and they think it's all about getting things done. What actually moves us forward in life and business is getting things known, getting things prioritized, and illuminating the next steps so you can achieve the goals that matter most to you. Being truly productive means being just as okay with what's not getting done as you are with what is getting done. If you are ready to create productivity breakthroughs in your life and business, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Now, let's create some breakthroughs. Have you ever taken a personality assessment like the DISC, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, or VIA character strengths and felt like that wasn't helpful? I have. When I first took the Myers-Briggs assessment, I was given my results and then I was given just a list of careers I should consider changing to based on those results. That was it. No debrief, no follow-up. Or maybe you've been in one of those big group workshops where everyone takes an assessment, you all get your results all at the same time, and you really have no time to process that. And then you do exercises broken off into groups based on your results, perhaps all the while worried that you and your boss aren't in the same group. Or maybe people are cracking jokes about one particular type and the facilitator doesn't do a damn thing about it. And it happens to be your type. These are the kinds of experiences with assessments that are far too common and so frustrating to hear about as coaches because we know there is a better way. Assessments can be powerful tools to create life and work fulfillment, which is exactly what my guest Darcy Daniels does for people. Darcy has been a certified business and life coach since 2014. She worked in the financial and mortgage industry for over 20 years, including 11 years as a loan officer and three years as a corporate coach. As someone with anxiety and several years of high-level business experience, she has a unique perspective on the pressure and frustration her clients face on a daily basis. Getting to know their specific personality traits, she works one-on-one with them to create customized plans that work for them to eliminate overwhelm, lower stress, and enjoy life and work more. When not working, she spends a lot of time relaxing with her teenager and their corgi dog, Moose, who you'll hear more about when Darcy and I get to talking. And actually, speaking of which, why don't we go ahead and jump in? I hope you enjoy this. Darcy, I am so excited that you're here with me this week. Can you tell us more about how you spend your time these days? Personally, professionally, the whole thing. Like, what does life look like for Darcy? (laughs) And work, I guess. (laughs) I was going to say life and work, which is totally one and the same these days, it feels like, since I work from home. And um, and I have a 16-year-old daughter. And she has a dog. Wait, this is this isn't just well, first of all, your daughter's amazing. And <laughs> yes. this isn't just any dog. This is Moose the Corgi. <laughs> this is Moose the Corgi. Yes. Does Moose and have his own Insta account yet? I couldn't he remember. He does, but it's not very my daughter's in charge of it. She doesn't post on it a lot. <laughs> okay, so got you it. actually may get more Moose content following me than if you follow Moose the Corgi. Um <laughs> But yes, Moose is a year and a half old Corgi and my daughter wanted a dog ever since she could say the word dog and we didn't give in until the pandemic. And um, cause <laughs> hey, she's that's an old- a good, that's like probably what, 14 years then, right? 15 years. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and we finally gave in because as an only child, she goes back and forth between her dad and I, and it was really difficult for her to not have anybody to talk to yeah. except for he and I. And she just needed, we were working all day and she was stuck at home by herself. So we got the dog and I had no idea <laughs> what, uh, what sort of lifestyle change it was going to be to train a puppy and have a dog. 
So, um, yeah, if you hear him barking in the background, he is up in his crate in upstairs <laughs> and hopefully I, will be quiet. I know all about crate time and just really yes. hoping a dog will be quiet for <laughs> time. Exactly. You totally understand. Yes, so, you know I understand. <laughs> yeah, so half of the time my days are taking her to school, picking her up, taking care of the dog when she's at school, working in between. Um, and then when they're not here on the weeks that they're not with me, then I get to focus a little bit more on work and my clients and myself, which is really important and lovely and yeah. spending time with other people that I love. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now they're, you know, they've heard all about you in the intro and everything like that, but I'm just curious, how did, what was it that led you to coaching? What, how did that transition <laughs> actually happen? I, I know that for me, you know, I'd been in the real estate world. Right. Uh, before coaching. And there's a lot of coaching in the real estate world. And you were in the lending world. And there's a lot of coaching yeah. in the lending yeah. world. Is that how it came about? Or how did it actually happen? You know, how it actually happened is a little bit of an interesting story, because I had this vision for what my life was going to look like. I didn't know what I wanted to be someday. I never knew that. And that's because coaching didn't exist when we were younger. Right. So um, I fell into a job after college, after I got my communications degree at UW. Just like you did. Just like me. Yeah. We are, <laughs> Darcy and I like to copy each other. We take turns, it turns out, copy each other. <laughs> Very true. It's so funny. Parallel lives for sure. And I was, I got my communications degree. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just fell into banking of all things, which was hilarious because I didn't go into the business school because I didn't want to take any more math. And then I became a <laughs> banker because that makes so much sense. Totally. Um, <laughs> right. And But at 30 years old, I had everything that I thought I wanted in my life when I was younger. I was married to a good guy. I had a nice house. I had a new car. I had a job that I liked. I had a great group of friends. I had a beautiful baby daughter. I had done everything I was supposed to do mm -hmm. and still couldn't figure out why I wasn't happy and mm -hmm. was trying to figure out what was wrong with me and realized that it took me a long time to realize this, but realized eventually that there was nothing wrong with me. It's when we do things that we think we're supposed to do instead of what our heart and soul are really calling us to do. That's when things take a left turn. So yeah. I, I had by all accounts looking in from the outside, I had a good life, but I still wasn't feeling fulfilled and satisfied completely. And that took me on a journey, which watched a lot of Oprah. <laughs> and <laughs> then I thank you, Oprah. <laughs> yes. Thank God for Oprah. And um and I saw Martha Beck on Oprah one day and went and got a couple of her books and started reading her books and went Okay, so I gotta know which one it like which one was the one that got you. Like well, which one is the one where you're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, so the true story is I read Finding Your Own North Star and then mm -hmm. I read Steering by Starlight. And then about a year later I went back and reread Finding Your Own North Star and doing all the exercises in it. And there's one exercise in there that I absolutely love and I love using it with my clients. And part of the reason I love it is because the name, it's called Whizzing on the Electric Fence. Yes. yes. And, <laughs> and the very last question in that exercise is what would you do if, you know, basically if you weren't worried about what anybody thought? And I said, I'd become a life coach like you and not even knowing that she had a life coach training. So I looked it up and she already did. And I immediately went, this is what I'm doing. So I kept working at the bank for 
like 12 more years, maybe. But I took training and I was kind of doing coaching on the side. And then the last three years of my corporate career, I was actually a corporate coach. So Mm -hmm. I got to use my coach training and coach the salespeople and coach the managers and be a part of the regional leadership team, which was a great experience until it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And then I was really happy to leave corporate life and, (laughs) and, and help other people figure out what was, what's really right for them. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, I, what I love about the story is a couple of things. Is one, you went back and read a book. It's not like for for me, it happened to be like chapter three for some reason of finding your own <laughs> north star. When I'm like, I think I want to be this. Well, basically, I said I wanted I want to read self help books and teach them to people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, oh, it turns out that's kind of like coaching. Yeah. Um, so. So yeah, so Darcy and I both got trained through the same place, which is actually how we got to meet. Although it seems like we would have met by now through the different acquaintances we have anyway. There's oh, too I'm many, sure we would have too yeah. many to name. <laughs> but um, but the, the this wasn't something. This was a journey, right? It wasn't oh, like there's not always going to be ahas that are so like lightning bolts out of the sky. Sometimes it's nudges, and sometimes some part of you thought, "I'm going to go back." And look at that book. And so much of that is just like all this discovery work that happens yeah. uh, in in this work for ourselves, but also, you know, for our clients too, mm-hmm. right? There's so much, I, I feel like so much of the heavy lifting in coaching, especially one-on-one coaching is just like helping somebody understand themselves. <laughs> like the, this is, this is your wiring. This is your yes. innateness. This is what's natural for you. This is what's not. And I know you and I both like assessments, right? Not everybody is a big fan of assessments. Sometimes people (laughs) think they feel like they're being put in a box and blah, blah, blah. But I found that assessments can be a really nice, like fast forward button and to on helping people understand themselves better. It helps to, in my opinion, helps people get like get more for the investment because Mm -hmm. we're not spending hours and hours on discovery. We're able to start with something like an assessment as a hypothesis and go with discovery from there. So I know that you like Enneagram and you yep. like the VIA. Yes. I'm, you know I'm familiar with Enneagram, but not, not everybody out there is. So I'd love mm-hmm. it if you could just tell us a little bit more about Enneagram and VIA, just like your take on them. Yep. And also like why? Why these two? Because there's these a lot. I, I know you've encountered a lot just like me, right? Oh, so absolutely. I, I've done, these two I've done so many. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I think you and I, I know that you have a bunch of stuff. Like I have a whole binder that just has assessments and it has every assessment I've ever taken. <laughs> you probably have like a box of it too, right? You yes. know, it's like, so why these I think two? Every, I think every coach does. Well, and yeah. I will say I was thinking about this earlier that my kind of, I don't know, I don't think it's an obsession, but my real interest in this type of thing came from like teen magazines as a younger girl and they would have all those person they would have all those quizzes in it right like what voice right for you (laughs) and what outfit and what makeup and it's so okay so which what were your favorites though like which magazines oh sassy for sure i still have them from the (laughs) 90s and my teenage daughter reads them and YM and 17, like were those uh-huh. were the staples for any girl who grew up in the 80s and 90s, right? Oh my gosh. Um, which is going to date us, but that's okay. So yeah, let's, let's not worry about that part. No, no. <laughs> I'm happy to be 46. Are you kidding me? Me too. I me made too. it here. So that really, I would read all of those to try to learn more about myself. And it was always fascinating to me. And then now people still do it. On Facebook, mm-hmm. there's all those answer mm-hmm. these two questions and we will tell you what your favorite color is. I mean, it's... Yeah. What Harry Potter character are you and all that yes. kind of stuff. 
<laughs> exactly. And who we identify with and how we identify has become an even more important question to answer in this day and age, I think. And mm-hmm. we want to put ourselves in boxes. And that's difficult to do because once you do that, then you have a very clear path in front of you. This is why I love Enneagram and Via so much because they're two completely different assessments. Yeah. And they work, still work together beautifully. So Enneagram, some people may not know this. Nobody knows where it came from. It's at least a couple hundred years old, but nobody knows where it originated or who started it or really even why it's lasted this long. And it's picked up popularity in the last 20 years in a really big way. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of different resources out there about it, but no one organization or person is the end-all be-all of the Enneagram. There's some great organizations out there, but none of them started it. There's no owner of the Enneagram There's no owner of it, exactly. Because nobody knows where it came from. So it's kind of- You have a name on it like Myers-Briggs or something. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Via is exactly opposite. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Gallup organization for goodness sakes, right? (laughs) Via was created between 20 and 25 years ago. I don't remember the exact date, but a man named Martin Seligman was the president of the American Psychiatric Association and was really frustrated that they were focusing more on the negatives and what needed to be fixed rather than the positives and helping guide clients and patients towards more positive things in their life instead of Mm -hmm. just always addressing what was wrong. So he came up, he's considered the father of positive psychology. Mm -hmm. And when he started coming up with that framework, he started looking at characteristics of people that were happy and living joyful lives and most satisfied with their lives. And he and another man did a ton of research and came up with these 24 characteristics. We all have them to one degree or another. But what I love about VIA is when you take it, it tells you at that point in time in your life, what your top strengths are, what your middle strengths are, and what your lower strengths are. And the cool thing about the lower strengths is that they're not weaknesses. They're just, you're just not as strong in them. Mm -hmm. And so you can focus on them and actually make them a strength if you want to. You can actually change. I've taken Via three times. My bottom four have not changed. (laughs) (laughs) My top kind of 10 rearranged themselves, but my number one has stayed the same. Mm -hmm. And 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 what is it? I, actually, I take that back. I think the first time it was number two, and then the second two times it's been number one. But it's love is my mm-hmm. number one strength. So it's really interesting to me to see how we talk about our modern day characteristics and strengths. And this ancient Enneagram personality test that is of unknown origin. But when you put them together, it really gives, I feel like, a very complete picture of not exactly who we are, but why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. And you will understand this. This is the, to me, this is the most important part of it because I feel like I've been self-aware my whole life to the point that it's been painful. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to know more, but it got to the point that I understood how I was self-sabotaging. I understood what I was doing, but I still couldn't manage to change it until I learned the why behind it. So Mm -hmm. for instance, you and I, we may do something that looks exactly the same. We may both procrastinate on a big project 
right? And I not. Don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I no, would never right? do something like never. that. Um, never. <laughs> oh, I am so good at procrastinating. Like most of my life. Yeah. <laughs> right. My sister gave me a, a a birthday card a few years ago that said, you know, something about way to go, way to put the pro and procrastinate, like. Um. And when I think I was 13, my mom bought me a book about procrastinating so I could stop. Never read it. I finally <laughs> gave it away. That's how much of a procrastinator I am. I, you let that go. <laughs> I let it go. Well, it was so outdated. I mean, it was yeah. written in the 80s. So it was, it was so outdated. It was probably outdated. like snap your wrist with a rubber band or something like that <laughs> exactly. kind of stuff, like, like yeah, punitive. No. But it never would have worked anyway because it didn't address the why. I flipped through mm-hmm. it before I gave it away to say, is there anything good in here I need to take a look at? And the answer was no, no, either I could not at all. No, because this is not going to help me. And by doing Enneagram and Via and a variety of other things, like you said, this has been a journey for sure. Um, I realized that the why of the procrastinating was and addressing that at the root was far more important than the mm-hmm. how I procrastinate and right. how I can get myself to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's there's like lots of methods, right? But if you don't know right. the motivation, then exactly. it's hard to pick the right approach. Yeah, right. I, well, like I, was I saying, agree. You and I could both be procrastinating. But even though the end result may look the same, that we're both procrastinating, why we're doing it could be vastly different. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I have generalized anxiety disorder. So my procrastinating can typically be one of two things. It can be my anxiety or it can be that I really, really don't want to do something. And so I'm forcing myself to do it and I'm afraid of not doing it perfectly. So it's mm-hmm. the perfectionism or the anxiety, which can kind of be the flip side of the same coin. But typically it's it's one of those things. Now, the reason you procrastinate might be completely different. It might right. be. It might be because you. Well, I'm an. Care I'm an about, Enneagram nine. So, what do you think? You're a people pleaser. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. Enneagram nines want to make sure that other people are happy, and so they may procrastinate because they're afraid of letting somebody else down, whereas I'm afraid of letting myself down. Yeah. So the root causes of why we are procrastinating is very different. So once you can address that. And I can realize that I can give myself a path. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. I don't have mm-hmm. to worry about letting myself down. This is just one thing. And if it doesn't work, I can try something else later or I can do it over later. And yours may be, I have to stop caring what everybody else thinks. Mm-hmm. Or I want, more importantly, I want to stop caring so much about what everybody else thinks. And I'm going to make myself happy by doing mm-hmm. this thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, bring my be- the best of my. That's kind of how to do it for myself. It's like I'm leaving the best of myself right on the table if I don't yeah. right. If I don't yeah. get out there and do it, do something with this, then I'm not bringing the best of myself to the world. So totally, totally. No, that's that is absolutely why I love the Enneagram. Is the it so gets at the why, the motivation of yep. what we're trying to do. Like the the way I always think about it is like it's these it's just this personality construct that formed because we're trying to keep ourselves safe. At some point Absolutely. in our our lives, we establish this perspective to keep ourselves safe. So for some reason, at some point, for me, safety meant making sure everybody else was happy and then I'll somehow find a way to get my needs met, maybe possibly, but maybe not. <laughs> right? right? It's like, and, for me, and if you're happy, I'm happy kind of thing. Yeah, because and that is a very Enneagram 9. Enneagram mm-hmm. 4, which is what I am, 
is typically we want to be understood because we think we're misunderstood by mm-hmm. everyone. So safety became if I overexplain myself and you can understand where I'm coming from, then you can accept me and everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. And that is, and again, it may manifest itself looking the same from the outside. Everybody else right. may see the same thing, but for us on the inside, what's driving it is very different. Once that, and this is where I think what I do and what you do, because I mean, our coaching overlaps, but we also have some very distinct differences. Yeah. And, and so my, my new program, which is me, myself, and who the F am I? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and it's basically the idea of creating your own, creating the life that you really want by knowing yourself better. Mm-hmm. So I use the Enneagram and the Via as the structure to say, let's talk about this. What, what resonates with you and what doesn't about this? Get to the why and then help my clients then take steps practically towards what they want with that information they've now learned about themselves. Right. And because then they're working with themselves instead of against themselves. And instead of against, because we work against ourselves all the time. We are given so many stupid messages from society about what we should and shouldn't be doing. I always say stop shooting all over yourself because Mm -hmm. it is not helpful. And Instead of doing that, we can work with our strengths and we can do mm-hmm. things that actually feel right for us. They may not be right for somebody else, but they're right for us. Yeah. And, and that's why I love this so much. I've been using these two things with my longer term clients for a very long time. And I noticed that I wouldn't typically do them right, do the assessments right away. I would talk to them first. We'd have several sessions. We'd kind of get into whatever they were coming to me for, and then we would do it. And I would notice a very big turning point and aha once we did those assessments and started going through it. Mm-hmm. And they would take it and they would go, this is interesting, but now what? And I'm like, that's what we're going to do. And then yeah, we exactly, would, exactly. And then they would, we would work through it and they'd go, oh, okay, now I get it. So I started wondering if there was a, um, a way to do this as a standalone for people mm-hmm. without working with me for like a six month period, which is what I typically do. And just do a one month intensive four sessions with this framework to see where we can get. And this is where it comes and joins yours because I did your get your shit together program (laughs) earlier (laughs) this, earlier this spring. And it was exactly what I needed because I had already done this Enneagram and via work for myself. Right. And then I needed the systems that you showed me and helped me create to put in place. So I think, well, this is perfect. (laughs) I've got, I can help people with their why and then I can help guide them through the practical steps too. But if they want to work with somebody else or if they need something different, I'm, I'm not a technical person. You help me with the technical stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to deal with all that. At least tell me how I'm to a, do so, it. But be clear though, I'm only technical enough to be dangerous. So y'all <laughs> be careful. No, but what, what I love what you did though, what you did was you were thinking about what is the experience I want people to have through some sort of coaching engagement with me, right? You were like, what do I want to provide for them? What do I want to do? And you're, you're like you said, we just happen to have the right timing, you know, for yep. you and I to, to connect this way. We've been connected for a long time, but to connect this way where you got mm-hmm. one through the GIST program where you could start to see like, oh, here's how I can use tools to support the experience I want to provide 
for my people and the experience that you want to have as you go through it as a practitioner, right? Like right. the the kind of the checklist maybe yeah. or the follow-up or the framework or whatever it might be yeah. so that, yeah, you can do it in the way that you want to do it too. Well, I think for me, the really big deal is because I was in the corporate world for so many years and saw so many people that were not happy, even if yeah. they were high achieving, they were so stressed. They were so worried. They were constantly fighting with themselves or fighting with their employer or fighting against things instead of working with things. Mm -hmm. And so when I was a corporate coach, it was nice to be able to show them how they could work with things. And the problem with that is there was a very limited area which I was allowed to focus on, right? Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't employed as a life coach. I was employed as, you know, a sales performance coach, basically, is what they called me at first. So that was being able to step outside that box and really help people the way they need to be helped, which Mm -hmm. is to get at that root cause, because it's not a one size fits all thing. It's just not. So getting to know themselves better. And I, all I do is guide people through that by seeing patterns that they can't see, Mm -hmm. by asking questions that really make them think. And then by bringing some knowledge of the Enneagram and Via in this case to help them get to know themselves better and some ideas. I was in the business world for corporate world for so long (laughs) and I saw systems that work and systems that didn't work and every single type of personality that you can imagine. Yeah. And so I have all of these ideas and experiences to draw from going, okay, so you're like this other person I remember working with before, and this is what worked for them. How about you try this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like, I've seen this before. I've seen this play out. And because yeah. that's what coaching really is, is running experiments, right? And so you're like, let's see what this is. I was I was talking to another coach recently, and she was talking about how, you know, the sessions themselves, you're like theorizing, right? You're like, oh, you're, yeah. We're, you and I as coaches, we're doing kind of the pattern seeking, the question asking, the discovery stuff. And then it's, it's a matter of theory and then seeing which experiments your clients are willing to run. And it sounds like what you're saying is when it comes to the Enneagram and Via, it helps guide the right kind of experiments to start with, right? It might not always be perfect, Absolutely. whatever yeah. a, a solution is or an idea is or an approach is, but it gives you a more focused way for that specific person to start rather than like you said, one size fits all. Right. And, and I like that you were talking about practical application. <laughs> like oh, here's what to actually do to with this. Here's what to do, you know, yeah. or here's what to try. Right. Here's what to try. Here's here would be the next right step. How does that feel to you? Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't no, that doesn't quite work. Okay, then let's try something else. I had one of my clients that I did this with recently. She was not a client previously. She agreed to do this program kind of as a beta tester for me Mm -hmm. and give me feedback. And she knows herself very well, but we went through it and there were still things that she was like, Oh my gosh, it's that's you're right. That's totally me because sub we do so much subconsciously. I mean, that's just science, right? There are so many things that we do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis in our lives that are subconscious. The Enneagram and the VIA help put a structure to that and bring some of those things to our awareness consciously. Yeah. To the surface to actually, so we can actually deal with them. Yes. And then that, and then that way it's like, Oh, okay. Now I can figure out how to do this in a way that makes things easier because this particular client I'm talking about, she, she's great at what she does, 
but she was feeling disorganized. Now, it doesn't mean that anybody else would see it, but she was feeling that way. So she wanted a system for not letting things fall through the cracks. Or Mm -hmm. even if they weren't falling through the cracks completely, she was getting back to people maybe three days later and she wants to do it the next day. And so it was something that she was putting on herself. Yeah, it's a standard that she was creating. Right. And stressing Mm -hmm. out about. So we came up with a system to work with her and her Mm -hmm. natural um, tendencies and strengths. And it's so funny because it's actually a really simple system. But once we started talking about it, she goes, oh, my God, I think this is totally going to work. And she was really excited because it was something that already worked with who she naturally was. And Mm -hmm. she's having great success with it and enjoying it. And that's what Mm -hmm. I was going to that was kind of my point to this is people can be productive and achieving and successful at a really high level and totally stressed out and miserable. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't it be great if we could have those kind of practical steps every day and habits and behaviors that supported us Yeah, and and felt easy and made us stress less? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's, it is that, that old definition of productivity, right? Those old definitions of productivity, you experienced it like in the world of sales, it's often called like productivity coaching or what's your production and what's your, and it's all about like, what did you actually do? Right. And it's, and to me, you know, it's all about really being present while still moving forward what matters most. So how can you do that? When you don't know who you are, right? How can you, how can you do that when you spend so much time and energy fighting against yourself instead of turning the boat around and like going with the flow of who you are? Right. I I feel like that's what you get to do for people is you help them get in the flow of who they are instead. Absolutely. Because you and I both, real estate and mortgage lending, right? Mm -hmm. Same world. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Totally different in some ways, but same, same world. And Mm -hmm. what I would see, and I know I'm sure what you would see too on the, on the realtor side of this is I would see people who were taking phone calls 24 seven. Yep. Afraid to take a break because they would miss a deal. They would drive themselves crazy trying to stay on top of every single detail. Because they didn't have systems set up that would work for them. And then I would see other people who had wonderful systems set up for them, who had done that kind of legwork, who had maybe worked with a coach before, or just had a very innate sense of what works for them. And they would put together their systems. So they were doing just as much business, maybe less, maybe more, but they were doing it with a sense of ease and Mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. And excitement and not fighting against themselves constantly. And mm-hmm. then new people would model themselves after people who were high producing. And I'm like, oh no, don't do what that person does. Yeah. Because it's going, you're going to get burnt out. Like that's yeah. not a good example. Let's talk about this person. They're a good example. Yeah. You're like, um, that is nose to the grindstone. Their nose is almost gone. Like we just <laughs> like <laughs> Exactly. And for so many entrepreneurs. And salespeople and anybody that's in any type of commission-based career or job where you are kind of in charge of your own destiny. To yeah, an you're responsible for generating your own income because right. some of these roles, you might have like a base, you know, salary right. 
or you might have no base and but you're still W2 somehow, right? But you're right. you're responsible for generating your own income. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And those are the people that I for better or worse worked with and studied for 20 years and yeah. went, "Okay, so you guys, I've got a better way to do it." Yeah. Not Just, that. Let's not do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. But again, <laughs> it's not one size fits all. So there's a lot yeah. of great coaching out there, but some of it is those programs where it's like you do exactly these things I tell you to do and it'll work. And then people do that and get frustrated because it didn't yeah, work. For it didn't them. Work. But I'm like, "No kidding." <laughs> that, and I think that's, that's a lot of the, help you. That's a lot of the coaching that's out there, which is why I yeah. went into coaching as well. It's a very similar experience of like just do what this really successful white male did. Um and <laughs> I'm like, okay. And it and that doesn't even matter as much as look at what the successful maybe like ESTJ or Enneagram type eight yeah. or right. you know, somebody whose via is, is this, right? Like there's the thing is is like you can follow a guru all you want, but if their approach is just do what I did. It's probably, it's going to work for, if we're talking the Enneagram or excuse, well, the Enneagram, one ninth, one out of nine yeah, people. Maybe. If we're talking, <laughs> if we're talking Myers-Briggs, it might work out of one out of 16 people that sign. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep. So it's just like the well, odds aren't it, in, it, in your favor. And as you know, the Enneagram has even more variation. So yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean. <laughs> you got the sub variants and the wings. You've got the, and the wings. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm a, I'm a four wing three on a good day. And <laughs> And it's, and my daughter is a three wing four. So there is a lot of crossover between mm-hmm. us, but it is still very different. And, and why we do what we do is very different. So even then, if somebody else is a four wing three, um, I think Glennon Doyle is a four wing three, like I am. Mm-hmm. I don't have any New York Times bestsellers. I don't have my own <laughs> podcast. I don't have, you know, like I'll I mean, just do what Glennon did. Yeah. So you need to, Darcy, you need to go marry a woman. Go find, <laughs> go find a professional female athlete. No, I'm good. I'm good. You're, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm good. happy with my boyfriend, you're, but I'm, yeah, I'm you're, you're good with her. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing is like, it's like, that's, yeah. it's a, and not that Glennon would ever say this is what everybody should do, but no. Yeah. I think that is, I think that can be the risk in a lot of types of, of big business coaching. Mm-hmm. is that just do what I did kind of thing. And the majority of them are truly a bunch of white males who had a leg up already. Yes. Yes. Um, and well, yeah. and I think you just said something really good about, you know, Glennon would never say, do what I did or do what I do. Um, she always says, I don't have answers. I have ideas. Yep. And that's where I think people also misunderstand a lot of coaching because some of it to me, the advice portion is more consulting. Yes. And the guiding and questioning and helping you find your own answers is coaching. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm also a business coach. So sometimes I do give advice because I've seen stuff and I've done stuff for myself. And I'm like, why don't you try this? But again, it's the why don't you try? Not you should do this. Right. And you must will do be this. successful. Right. Yeah. And I, and that's the other thing that always really frustrated me with kind of the big business perspective is people will talk about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And of course, companies just want you to work more and more and more. And like the industries that we were in and and a lot of the people that we worked with, they feel like they have to be on 24 seven. They're like, I I have no work-life balance. And, but for some people, they love to work and they love their lives. So guess Mm -hmm. what? You have work-life fulfillment. And when you have work-life fulfillment and you are happy with both, you will find a natural balance. There will be times where your personal life takes precedence. Yep. And there will be times when your work life takes precedence. 
But as long as you are fulfilled in both, it's that natural balance. And so my mission, I guess you could say, is helping Mm -hmm. people not only know themselves better, but it's helping them find that fulfillment. And when they do, the balance will come more easily and naturally. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh my gosh, Darcy. This has been so (laughs) much fun. So we need like 10 more episodes because you and I like... (laughs) do this and like are we like how how passionate worked up are we we're such dorks we're just like and oh my gosh and this and that and here's what else i have to say about these things oh my gosh we could talk about ted lasso and 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 thank them for bringing mental health to the forefront and be acceptable for men we could talk about harry potter and the magic i mean oh magic the practical steps so that's the other thing practical Mm. magic Mm -hmm. is Finding out all this stuff about yourself is great, but how do you then move that into practical steps in the real world to actually help you change habits and help you get to where you really want to go? So that's part of the work-life fulfillment. You have to be happy with the steps you're taking and you have to be- Yeah, with the action that it actually takes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just the theoretical. It's also the- you know, kind of what some people would call (laughs) woo-woo. The spiritual, the getting to know yourself better, the mental health, the wellness part of it, and then moving that into, okay, now how do I, what do I do with this information? How do I use this every day to help me live a more, a life that's more joyful and peaceful and easy and successful and whatever you want. Giving Mm people, getting, helping people get, you do this too, more of what they want out of life and eliminate what they don't. Absolutely. Or at least minimize. We're going to have some of it. There's always going to be stress. Let's minimize the heck out of it. (laughs) Especially overwhelm. I think we can eliminate overwhelm. Can we agree that that can be eliminated? There's always going to be pressure and stress and different anxiety. But we'll eliminate. We'll help you eliminate overwhelm. We're on a mission. (laughs) Yes. Darcy and I are on a mission. For goodness sakes. Oh, girl. Thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. So wait. So what if somebody... What if somebody is like me, myself, and who the fuck am I? Oh, see, I said it. Um, who the <laughs> F am I? What if they're like, yeah, I want to. I want to know more about myself. I want to understand myself. I want to start working with myself instead of against myself. I want the practical steps. I'm willing to – I don't want somebody to tell me what to do. I'm willing to co-discover and run experiments. Yeah. How do they find you? Oh, so many different ways, but the what's your favorite? Is- yeah, what's your favorite favorite like place to engage with people? Um, Instagram. So yeah. I'm at I'm at Life Coach Darcy on Instagram. Um, Darcy Daniels Talkington on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, and I do have a website, which I assume you're going to put in the show notes. But absolutely, all all of this will go in the show notes. Yes. But Instagram, I would say, is my favorite place yeah. to find Darcy because one, Moose's <laughs> messages. Yeah. He has messages that he he puts out every there every Friday, every Friday, and Darcy's been going live a lot, and I really enjoy your lives. So, okay. um, I want to say make sure you follow Darcy on Instagram, and you'll I'm sure you'll be announcing more about me myself and who the f am I there and elsewhere. Absolutely, yes, and always feel free to DM me or leave a comment on one of my posts, and I will reach out to people because it's I, it's really you. it's a fun way to connect. It is. It is. And it's really you. It's not some bot, you know, an automated bot that's nope. responding to your messages for you. <laughs> oh, no. It's a, it's all me. <laughs> it's real deal. For better You're going to get her, so watch all, out. It's all me. All right, my friend. Thank you. I look forward to our next chat whenever that's going to be. 
Thank you, Elise. Me too. Oh my gosh, Darcy and I could obviously talk coaching and assessments forever. And here's the thing, even if you already know your Enneagram type or your VIA profile or both, I still recommend reaching out to Darcy to help you bring the power of these two approaches together into a practical plan to help you move forward. You know, all of this talk about the power of self-knowledge and self-acceptance has got me thinking, yep, it's time for the question of the week. What is the one thing you could do to get to know yourself better this week? I mean... I think, you know, one good way to do that, reach out to Darcy, right? But be sure to answer that question of the week on my Instagram feed. Answer it there. Answer in the comments. Answer in a direct message. I don't care, but I just want to hear all about it. What the action you are going to take as a result of what you heard or learned today. And of course, if there is somebody that would benefit from hearing this discussion, please go ahead and share that. Send that out. Post it to your social channels, whatever you want to do, but make sure it gets into the ears of whoever it is that needs to hear it most. Okay, that is it for this week. I'll be back again with you next week. Until then, keep moving forward what matters most. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. Did you have a breakthrough today? Write to me and let me know. You can reach me, revisit anything we covered today, or uncover free resources over at EliseEnriquez.com. And if you know of other leaders in life and business who would appreciate a little help with their productivity breakthroughs, I'd love it if you'd share this podcast with them. And finally, remember to hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.